Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Lip Lettuce Podcast. This is me and my brother and mine's first podcast. Um, we'll be talking all things hockey. Our audio isn't the greatest, but thank you guys for listening anyways. We've got some cool guests to give you some insight on the game. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get some better audio as the episodes go on, but we'll be just be talking everything to do with the game, all the ins and outs of the game, and yeah, so what's up, Rashawn? Hello, hello. How are you doing? How about you? I'm good. <laughs> what do you think about starting a podcast? Your first podcast? Uh, well, I'm just excited to start a new podcast. Have some cool guests coming on. So, Have you ever done a podcast before? No, I've never done one. So how long have you been watching hockey? Uh, well, I'm watching hockey since, I would say, like, 2011, but there's a couple years where I stopped, but that was probably the first time I started watching hockey. So, Sean, I want to ask and start off by asking you who you think is going to come out of the East and the West um, for the Stanley Cup final, but also who you think will be in the conference finals for each conference because we're halfway through the season. And, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention our first guest later on in the episode, the host, the ringside host of Sportsnet and HockeyNet in Canada, Kyle Bacostas. Round of applause. Come on, give him a round of applause, Sean. Yeah, later on in the show, we'll be having Kyle on. Be asking him some questions, so we're really excited about that, giving our podcast a little bit of a life here. What do you think about that, Sean? You can't be in the interview since you're in class, but what do you think about that? Well, I wish it would be an interview, but Kyle Bukowskis. A good guest to have on our first show. What do you mean good? It's an absolute great guest to have. So we're super excited about that later on. So stick around for that. If you don't, if you stick around for anything, stick around for that interview. Um, yeah, Sean, who do you think is going to make it to the conference finals, the finals? Come on. What's your predictions well, here? It's hard to say at this point. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of moves at the trade deadline, so it's kind of hard to say, really, especially with hockey and how the playoffs work. Anything could happen, really, but... No, right now, who do you think? Right now, probably right we... conference finals. For the East, I would definitely have probably one of the Probably either Florida or Tampa. Definitely in the conference finals. I can see that. And I can see Carolina in the conference finals too. 
for the East. For the West, a little bit different. It's a little bit of a weaker conference. It's hard to say, but Colorado definitely looks like the favorite to come out of the West at this point of the season. So, what do you think will will happen? I think Toronto is going to come out of the Atlantic. I think they're just looking real strong. Austin Matthews might be the greatest hockey player in the sport. I mean, I'm not going to say ever yet, but in the sport. (laughs) And I'm looking at the Metro, and I think that the Rangers, if they make a few moves at the trade deadline, and their goaltending holds up, I can see them in the conference finals. Can you? Yeah, especially with their goaltending, I can see how it can get them wins in the playoffs. But any team in the East can pretty much win the Cup, I think. Yeah, the East is definitely stronger than the West. Don't you think any team in the East can win the Cup? I think any team that makes the playoffs in the East can win the Cup. Other than... Yeah, any team that makes the playoffs. Yeah, really any team. So what do you think of the Oilers? And uh, their move to try and make the playoffs. Well, with Kane. signing Evander Kane was surprising to me. I, don't, I didn't think he would actually get picked up by a team, but well, I, think it's good move. I think it's a good move because the lineup is so versatile now and they have lots of scoring, but their defense is still garbage. And their goaltending just Yeah. I mean, they're relying on Miko Koskin and a 42-year-old Mike Smith to win them games. I don't know if that's going to hold up very long. I mean, you never know. Mike Smith is kind of a beast when he's healthy, but he's only played six games. Yeah, he came back from injury and then just got re-injured again. I can't believe that the Oilers, like, how bad Ken Holland's history has been over the past few years and how they're just kind of sticking course. I mean, it's kind of crazy that he signed Tyson Berry and Cody Cece for such long contracts. Yeah, Cody Cece won his... I don't know what he was doing there. I mean, you've seen that before in the Leafs and look where it got them. It got them nowhere. So I don't understand the thinking behind locking up basically right side that caught the Leafs. Like, they were one of the worst defensive teams in that season where they had Barry and CeCe on the same side. And I don't know, it seems signing Kane was kind of like a, like a desperation move after the struggle they go into. Yeah, well, they are desperate because... If they don't make the playoffs, they keep missing playoffs. They're going to be in danger of losing McDavid. Yeah, definitely. Looking at All-Star Weekend here, um, we got some of... Did you hear about any of the new competitions? Yeah, there was a... There was like a blackjack competition where you have the like, players are shooting at cards, big, like large-sized cards. Yeah, but but they're outside, I think. Yeah, there's one. 
There's one like on a like where the fountain is, like on the strip. They're like they do it like outside. Right there, it's weird. I don't really. They're just trying to create some excitement because the Pro Bowls this week, the weekend in Vegas too. Hey. Yeah, Pro Bowls a weekend, so. They're just trying to, yeah. There's so much to do in Vegas, so yeah, they're just trying to make a show for themselves. Um, what do you think of the teams that were picked in the end? I think how the All Star game is put together is just not very, it's not very good compared to other leagues. I think they should just get rid of the one representative from each team. It just makes no sense. Like when they're face of the league, I think I think Crosby's still the face of the league at this point. And he's not being in the All Star game. I think that's just makes no sense. But at least we have Nick Suzuki. Like I mean, he's so elite, and we also have guys. <laughs> Why are you laughing about Nick Suzuki? I'm not. He's just an elite player that deserves to be in the game. But yeah, seriously, I can't believe Crosby's not in the game, and I'm really surprised Ovechkin is Ovechkin going. Um, I don't think or so. I I'll be surprised if he wins. Isn't Kuznetsov going? Check it. I I'm, I'm checking it. I think Kuznetsov is going. I know that. Uh, the Benajada, I'm pretty sure, is sitting out. Of all game after he got voted in for last man in. Oh, who's going instead of him? I think it's Jake Jensen. Pretty sure. I'm searching if Ovechkin's in the All-Star game. This is great podcasting right now. He's the I'm... captain of the Metro Division. Kuznetsov's there with him. He's replacing Zabinijad, I think. Oh no, he's replacing Adam Fox. Adam Fox, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on? What are your thoughts on? uh, I think so far they're going to have a Vesna rankings. Igor Shosturkin not being at the All Star game, arguably the best goalie right now. Who instead of him? I think it's Tristan Jari and Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Well, it's kind of ridiculous, but I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, good players went instead of him. And maybe he didn't want to go. So there's also that, like, he might have told his management or whatever that he didn't want to go. And... He might be trying to nurse an injury or something. So, but <clears throat> I wouldn't put him number one in Vesna rankings right now. Who would you have? Um, well, I would have Vasilevsky, wouldn't you? Ah, uh, I mean, he's been playing so well this year again. It's just that he plays so well every year. You just take him for granted. Yeah, especially with like. She certainly played good last year, but he's playing at like. He's played two 
straight years and he's went back to back cups and he's played good all throughout. I'm so scared if the Leafs play them in the playoffs. That's where I see Tina's like Florida is like a bigger matchup for the Leafs. I can see how. Because Vasilevsky's not even like, he's like a once in a generation player. Like he's so big and I don't even understand how good he is. So I would put him at number one, Vesna, but it's just Durkin's right off there. Campbell Campbell has fallen off off the Vesna rankings. I don't think he has a chance now. Yeah, he's had struggles last since maybe like being December playing very well. But he has to be one of the sweetest boys in all of all of hockey. So I think that anytime he's playing, they play hard for him because they want to do well for him and they want him to do well. So I have faith. Yeah. Yeah, like look at tonight. The Leafs absolutely spanked the New Jersey Devils. After yesterday when they left Campbell to dry, he gets pulled in the first period. So can we talk about PK Subban and how he spends more time on social media than he does defending because <laughs> police made him look like an AHL player the last two games. Well, he's just out there trying to slow foot every play. So I'm not surprised. I mean, he's not even playing coffee at this point. How many years left does he have on that contract? And I think, no, I think after this year, he has one year left. But there's no way anyone's trading for him. He's so bad. He's so bad. I don't know what happened to him. And everyone talking about Damien Severson as a first-round pick and a prospect. I mean, if you're giving a first-round pick for Damien Severson, he might have been one of the worst defenders I've ever seen. Some just, of the plays he's made, made in the last two games. Statistically, he's having the best season of his career, but it seemed like he got exposed by the least in the last two games. Yeah, and, and the trainer is about the lease. I can see how fans don't want to trade for him. Yeah, like imagine the Leafs playing Florida or Tampa. Like they basically have the same offensive beliefs. Like definitely. And but I still think Florida's overrated. But it's probably a hot take. But who knows? It's probably going to be super cold. I still think they're overrated. I saw them live and. I just don't think they're as dynamic as Toronto or Tampa Bay. Yeah, they give up a lot of chances for the net, and I don't think their goal tanks are the hold up. I don't know what Kabrowski can hold up, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. They have Spencer Knight. I mean, he got sent down to the HL. So. Hubert was leading the league in points. And... Yeah. Well, he has like 16 goals, and then like. He's like twenty. Oh, he has like twenty-five points this this month. I still don't believe in them, but it's probably because they haven't done anything in the past before. Just like how people would view the Maple Leafs and how they haven't done anything. So we'll see if Toronto plays Florida in the playoffs. That'll be 
a breakthrough win for either of those franchises. Yeah, but what do you think about Toronto's blue line with? Do you think they need to make a trade there? They need to make a trade. They need to at least get one, maybe even two more defensemen. I think having Hole and Sandin as a third pairing is like, that's good. Like trading Dermot for another right-hand defenseman to put like, Muzzin is what they need right now. Would you trade... I really think the Maple Leafs should try and get Zidane Chara. Zidane Chara. Yeah, and try and maybe move Justin Hole for Josh Manson. And then you could have, and then you could have Muzzin Manson second pair and a Chara Sandine third pair. You think Chara will be able to hold up in the playoffs? If he plays 15 minutes a night, I mean, you've seen videos of him train. Like, I definitely think he could hold up. And the thing is about Chara, he's probably gotten dirtier and dirtier as he's gotten older and older. And the refs don't call it because in hockey, he's such a veteran and such a legend to them that they won't call penalties on him. So... You've seen him tug refs and then t- change calls, and you've seen him play in the playoffs before when you were a fan of Boston. And when he's played against Toronto, he is so dirty. He hooks, he grabs, and they never call it. So, yes, I would let him. I would want him. Imagine him teeing it up from the point. But... And no one would mess with Toronto like in front of the net. Like, they have problems clearing, he could clear the net. No one could push around Sandine or take runs at him. The char there, yeah, definitely. Nobody's enough. No one's going to mess with them at all. Like, and if they do, they're going to get beat up. Like, they could have Simmons, Chara, like, yeah, I definitely think that they should try and take a look at Chara for sure. These are Mike's cut out. But uh, we were talking about the least trade options and acquiring Char. What do you think about that? Well, veteran defenseman, I think, would work well, but depends. I don't know what Dubis would want. I mean, he's, I know they're interested in Josh Manson, but they definitely need someone to put a buzz in. For sure. For sure. Well, with that, I think after our technical difficulties, we are going to go to our interview with the GOAT, the legend, Kyle Bukoskis. And yeah, thank you guys for listening to the first pilot episode with me and Rashawn. And we'll be back with more this week, right, Sean? Yes. Or early next week. Yes. I will have have some more guests on. Maybe we'll even have some of your friends on, have a little friend corner. You know, give their takes on hockey and NHL 22. Maybe Ethan Cena can make a guest appearance. I don't know if he knows what hockey is, but... It's okay. So, yeah, um, we'll throw it over to the one and only Kyle Bukowski's.
I'm so excited to introduce my first guest on the Lip Lettuce podcast. If you watch hockey at all in Canada, you know his face. One of the nicest people I've met. The ringside host for Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, Kyle Bukoskis. Thank you so, so much for your time today. It's a pleasure speaking to you. I'm your first guest? Yes, you are. Wow. You are. Man, oh, man. So I just, I, I guess I'd love to know how many people uh, weren't able to make it that I eventually got to me on the list. But either way, it's a thrill to be on with you. Oh, no, you're you're our first, uh, first person that we wanted to have on. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Leafs fan, and I'm from Vancouver, and I made the trip to the Leafs game on December 12th to watch them play the Blackhawks. I don't remember if you remember meeting me after the game, but... Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, my family, we, we love Hockey Night in Canada. We watch it every Saturday, and my mom actually like, always makes a comment about you before the game, so... Oh, I uh, yeah, it's wanted to get you on as a first guest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a great, great to be on. No, I remember that um, that meeting quite well. Um, just right in the in the main uh, concourse there, just after the game had had ended. And what was funny, so after we met there and and got a picture, and so I was going to walk back downstairs to get my stuff and leave for the night. And this older couple stopped me and uh and asked if i worked for the building and because they were wondering about navigation or their way out of it and i said no i I don't (laughs) i don't work here and they said well you know you're sorry you just kind of look that way because you you got the the suit on i said yeah i know i appreciate that but i know i I don't actually work for for the building or or for the team and then they said well why did that gentleman there want your picture taken and i said well i guess i guess you have to ask him i said but i do a bit of, of work on on tv and so um, that, that was probably the reason why. So anyway, I ended up having a bit of a chuckle with it, uh, over that. So <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's great to be on with you, man. And Hey, Thank I'm you. a fellow BC guy as well. I grew up on the Island. So great to hear you're from Vancouver. Yeah. I, I, I did some research on you and I saw that you're from Camel river. Yeah. So I want to start with, uh, I want to ask like, where did it all start for you? What made you get into hockey? Who were some of the, the people you looked up to growing up, uh, in the game? And uh, what was it like growing up in Campbell River? I mean, I'm from Abbotsford, so I yeah. haven't spent much time up there. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Holy smokes. I could probably spend 15 minutes on this answer here alone, but I'll try to try to shorten it down. I mean, you know, I think initially for me, some big influences growing up, uh, lo- you know, playing hockey, loving sports. Uh, you wake up every morning. And for me, it was either, you know, Jay and Dan on the TV while having breakfast before school or, you know, for us out West, we were so blessed to have Don Taylor on BS pack, uh, reading highlights every morning. Like it was, it was so entertaining. And I just watched between those three guys do their thing. I thought that just seemed like the most fun job in the world. They're funny, they're charismatic, they're entertaining, and they're talking about sports all day. I thought that seemed like just the perfect combination for, for a career. And so that's what, you know, I think really truly sparked uh, the interest for me and how I first kind of got an opportunity to, to work in any type of media was so, I mean, in, in Campbell River, we have a junior B team called the Storm. And um, growing up for me, like they were an absolute dynasty. They came into the, the league, the junior B league on Vancouver Island in 97. And their first seven years of existence, they won the, the island championship every year. Um, like it was unbelievable. We never owned season tickets, but there were some years where it kind of felt like it because every Friday night you would be going to home games there yeah. and it was guaranteed win night. Like it just, it was not even close how dominant of a, of a team they were. And so the play by play guy, what would happen is that they would, uh, they would call the games for the local, uh, cable channel 10, 
um, on the Friday, and then they would re-air the game on like a Sunday afternoon. You could watch on on uh, the local channel Ten in town, and so uh, the play-by-play voice uh, at that time was a guy by the name of Warren Andrews, and so you'd always see him standing next to the single camera that shot the game, and you thought, oh wow, there's where they there's where they do the broadcast. And so years kind of went by, and now I'm in high school, and then an FM radio station launched uh, in town, and and Warren Andrews was uh, was the host of the of the drive show uh, Monday to Friday, and so I just on a whim as I was starting to get an interest into, into this industry, I sent in a note to him and just saying, Hey, is there any chance I can come by the station one day and just ask some questions and just take it all in and, and learn a little bit about, uh, about radio. And, and he was, um, you know, if he had said or not replied or, um, you know, said, no, I, I don't know what I'd be, be doing today, but he, uh, he opened, wow. uh, opened the doors to me to come in and I sat in during his show and, um, that kind of parlayed into uh, an internship. I kept bugging them and bugging the station. And so they let me do some things on the side there as I was finishing up high school. And then um, when I went away to, to post-secondary in Calgary to do a broadcasting program, um, I, in between years one and two there, I went back to the radio station and, and did work all summer there. Um, so that's really how I got my, my first opportunity to, to get my feet wet in this thing, right? So um, if, if not for that opportunity from, from Warren and the connection between him and hockey and everything else involved, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what I'd be doing today. Wow, that, that's, that's incredible. Everything happens for a reason, hey? Totally. Yeah. And so that's why you just you, you never know in, in the time that you're you're in and what that could lead to down the, the road. And, and that was kind of part of how I got my opportunity with Sportsnet as well. I was doing a bunch of extracurricular activities uh, outside of classroom just to try to get reps doing play by play for, you know, the varsity hockey team or basketball or volleyball stuff. that I was felt completely out of my element in doing, but just wanted to try. And, you know, with that, I ended up meeting someone that, that had a connection to Sportsnet at the time. And, and that's what you know helped lead to getting an opportunity with with a network like that at, at such a young age for myself and i'm fortunate to still be with him today wow so i was seeing that at such a young age you were uh able to make the jump to Sportsnet. um what was your first game like uh covering do you remember remember anything from that that might have been must have been so overwhelming and intense i mean you were probably a lot younger than a lot of other people in your position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I certainly felt like the, the youngest person in the room for sure. Um, I just remember, cause when I first got hired there, like I wasn't on air right away. I was kind of doing more stuff in, in the newsroom and voicing highlights, but I would go out and, and what they, you know, they kind of called field producing if they just needed to get clips from uh, you know a, a team practice or a, an event, a press conference, but they didn't necessarily need it fronted like a reporter to file a, an entire story for it. Um, I would go and do a lot of that, but I'd also you know go and shadow other reporters that were already established there and just learn from them and hang around and observe how they did things. And so the first game I went to would have been the the Leafs home opener in October 2013. They played uh, they started the first two games that year. They're on the road, and then it was a Saturday night hockey night in Canada game at home uh, against Ottawa. And I, yeah, just walking into the dressing room that morning and you feel like such a fish out of water, right? Like um, talk about, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore type feeling um, from, you know, even when I was in Calgary doing stuff there and it was a very hands-on, you got to do a lot of things throughout that program that, you know, certainly simulated, you know, real life 
um, news reporting or sports reporting, but you know, obviously nothing like uh, a Leafs game on a Saturday night at, at then the Air Canada Centre. So it, it very much was overwhelming. And they had just come off to, you know, the kind of the surprising playoff appearance in, in 2013. Uh, for your right. sake, I won't bring up how it ended, but um, <laughs> so they brought back, you know, the, the Maple Leaf Square and there was the crowd out in front there for that first home game. So just seeing all of that in person for the first time and, you know, for myself too, growing up out West and, and on Saturdays watching hockey night and the amount of games I've watched, they were broadcast from that building and to be in there watching one live for the first time, it was, yeah, you think about um, how quickly it all kind of happened and, and certainly you appreciate those that, that helped you get there along the way. It was, it was a really neat night. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds amazing. I mean, the first time I was in that building, just as a fan, it was gave me chills and goosebumps just being there. So I couldn't even imagine how you felt uh, that first night. <laughs> yeah, I think, right. I think just for different reasons, right? Like, you know, your love affair with, with the team there and, and being able to, to experience that, you know, first time would have been um, so neat. Like I was a Mighty Ducks fan as a young kid because Paul Correa was my favorite player. And I remember, I you know, going Korea. down with, uh, yeah, who didn't? Um, you know, my, my family, we did a Disneyland trip in the summer when we were still quite young. And so there wasn't any hockey to be watched while we were down there, but we just stopped into the, the Arrowhead pond there and went into the team store and I was able to kind of sneak in and just stand in the lower bowl and look around and stuff. So like, that was like, wow, even though I'm it's really neat. So I can certainly appreciate what you were feeling the first time you went to a, a game in Toronto. Oh, for sure. I wanted to ask, um, You've obviously had a lot of amazing interviews. You've been able to talk to some some of the greats in the game. Um, is there an interview or moment in particular in your career so far that has really stuck with you that that you'll never forget or it's special to you in particular? Yeah, I, I'll bring, and I swear I'm not trying to torture you here, Randy, but I'll, I'll bring up the David Ayers night. Um, <laughs> being able to interview him after, after the game, it was just because, again, you're standing there going, whoa. Uh, just when you were saying uh, after the game, you were able to talk to him and kind of see the emotion. Uh... Yeah, yeah. And I think it was just, you know, him, it was almost like half, you're kind of deer in the headlights because he was also going like, what the heck just happened? And um, for at the same token, just that feeling of soaking it all in, I thought that's that was kind of the the, the feeling that, that he had or that was my impression at the time. And um, it was just a, an incredible moment that had never happened before and may never happen again, certainly in, in our lives, lifetimes, sure. right? So um, you just wanted to, I, I think, back to that interview and, um, you know, you think, all right, I'm the, the first person to, to talk to this person um, since it's happened here. And so you want it, want it to go well. And, of course, like in the immediate aftermath, like the days afterwards, I'm going, ah, oh, geez, I should have asked that. I should have done that. You're, you're questioning a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, you're just, you're appreciative for the opportunity to, to interview someone like that. And just to, um, just the, the genuine warmth that he had in, in his voice and, and his smile and all of that. And, um, you know, just what a, what a neat moment to, to be a part of. So, um, I, I think just the, all of that, I just remember during the interview and, and the head coach, Rod Brindamore, who's also from Campbell River, who got, I've gotten to know a little bit working with his, uh, charity event, uh, in, in years past, like he was kind of standing in the dressing room door waiting to congratulate him after our interview was done. So, um, again, it was just kind of a, a very small world type feeling with that connection, but also, uh, just a, a feeling of, um, just, uh, gratitude for, for being in a situation like that and have an opportunity to cover a, an event in a moment that. Um, you never anticipate uh, being able to to witness. Yeah, I mean, as a Leafs fan, it was painful, but I, it, on a person level, like 
that's an incredible story and you just feel so good for David Ayers and, and everything that happened to him afterwards. No question. He seems like such a great person. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, you get to watch a lot of live games. You take in, you've probably seen almost every team in the NHL at least once, obviously. And I wanted to ask you if you have any favorite players or do you get excited to watch certain players live uh, in today's game? Yeah, number of ones. I mean, I just coming off work to the Ottawa Edmonton game. Actually, I did two games with with Edmonton there over the the weekend, Saturday and Monday. And um, I mean, any chance you get to watch McDavid in person, like even in warmups, it's so cool um, just to watch him work and the speed that he operates at is just at a different level. And you're also gonna kind of catch yourself that you're going like he's amongst the best players in the entire world, and he's still on just a a completely different planet with regards to. Uh, the tempo and the speed and how quick his legs move and his hands and all of that in perfect sync. Like it's, it's really, really neat to, to watch in person. Um, and then, you know, guys like Sid and Ovi, um, you know, Crosby for sure, just cause I mean, both of those guys, I, I grew up watching and now to um, be in a position where you're covering the league and they're still not only playing, but playing at a, such an uh, effective level um, is really neat. So just being able to, to watch them, do their thing and you know Ovi and again I keep going back to warm-ups but it's just such a neat part to to watch that you know if you're watching on tv you don't obviously get a chance to to see and just to see them go through their routines and um, kind of get themselves ready for a game it's just just really cool like Alex Ovechkin is such a large human right and so you see him out on the ice he goes no bucket um, and to watch him kind of get loose and get ready like it's just it's really cool right and it's a part of another part of the whole feeling of you know getting to to go cover hockey for a living like it's just it, it doesn't feel like work um so that part is is really neat so so guys like that i i really do have you know a, a, an affection for just appreciating how they how they go about their craft you know and and just how entertaining they are to to watch whether it's in game or in warm-up or even in practice for some guys right like it's just it's a different way of thinking you can see why they've been as successful as, as they have been for such a, a long period of time Right, right, yeah. <clears throat> going to games, going to warm up is probably my favorite. One of my favorite parts of going to a live game. So yeah, especially now. Like if if anyone's going to a game, like I strongly recommend getting there the the half hour early to see it because the skill that's on display and what they're able yeah. to do with a puck is they're just getting their hands warm. It's it's unbelievable. Like get your popcorn, the way they, get a seat, and away you go. Yeah, even the way they can use their edges and warm ups and everything, it's so incredible. Yeah, um, totally. I've taken up a lot of your time today, but I have two last questions for you. Um, do you have any message to uh, young or aspiring broadcasters if they want to start uh, or how they would start getting into sports broadcasting? And uh, my last question was, do you have a Stanley Cup final and Stanley Cup prediction for this year? Who? Um, all right. Well, I'll start with the, the second question and that the, the prediction stuff I find um, man, it can just be so meritless, right? Because, I mean, right. What, there's what, so much what's parody. True, what's true today and what you feel today, like two weeks from now, it could be completely different, right? Like it just changes so quickly. But um, I, I'm not putting it past Tampa to try to take a run at, at three. And uh, I really think Colorado's a team that, that's ready to, to finally get over the hump. If they can get, if Kempers can do what uh, they hope he's, he's going to do when they, they acquired him, then um, then I think they're in they're in a pretty good spot. But um, in terms of, of any advice, like I think you know, doing something um, kind of like your, yourself here, Randeep, and, and just starting a, a podcast, and it, it gives you reps, it, it puts you out there, 
Um, it, it gives you a body of work to, you know, when you try to take uh, the next leap in, in your career, you, you've got something on, on your resume that's tangible, that, that is um, something that can be applied to something down the road because, you know, that's kind of where the industry is at. I, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago when I first got into it, but, um, you know, when I did, podcasts certainly were a thing, but not at the level that they are now. It seemed like, you know, if you wanted to work at sports, it was either, you know, TSN or, or Sportsnet. That was your only options. But you look at the way things have branched out now, the Steve Dangle podcast network, um, you know, how many different opportunities there are to work in the sports media field that are have branched out from, you know, the more traditional routes of, of television and, and radio. So in, in that sense, like, I'm not sure what the future is there, but clearly there's an appetite and, and a market for it. And, and there's revenue behind it to be able to, to make a living. So um, if you're doing things like that and putting yourself out there, like that's, that's kind of where you start. You start, right? Like you're proficient in doing a podcast. You're proficient on social media. Um, doing things like that becomes, you know, you become a little bit more voice down. People, it's, it's natural to kind of skirmish at the idea of, you know, having a brand. But that, that, that is a big part of kind of what, what goes into now, right? Where you're not so reliant on, on being part of a traditional main network. Um, you know, you, you've kind of got to be able to say, so if, if you're going to go on a different podcast and you're going to go join somewhere else, then you've got enough of a, a following or um, you've got, you built up enough trust with a, a segment of viewers to go, okay, he or she is going over there. You know, I, I want to follow them and, and continue to see what they're doing and what they're talking about and, and uh, what they're sharing, because that's, that's really interesting to me, you know? So, um, getting in at the, the grassroots level, if, if I can put it that way, and, and starting something on your own um, is a great way to, to start doing that. And, and, you know, I was always told when I first got in to just take reps, any opportunity you can to do something, you know, try to say yes to, to everything possible. And then as you start to, to build a, a resume, then you can kind of pick and choose, you know, what's more suitable for you. But the more flexible and the more adaptable uh, you can be in terms of working in different fields you know, obviously the more attractive you are to a, a potential employer uh, down the road well thank you so much for your time today kyle i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and talk to me especially on my first episode of my podcast um it, it means a lot so thank you again and hopefully they, my leafs can make it past the first round this year i'm really hoping but we'll yeah see. well We'll see, man. Certainly the, the pressure will be as, as high as it's ever been to finally get there. Right? It doesn't seem like there's much of an appetite to allow another year to go by with, without some success there. So, yeah, we'll see yeah. what they can do. And, and great to be on with you. And uh, it can only go up from here. If you've got me for Thank episode you. one, surely uh, going forward, here, the, the guests <laughs> and the content will just get that much better. So it was a thrill to be on with you. Yeah, and hopefully we can uh, talk again in the future. It was, it was great talking to you. Appreciate Absolutely. it Absolutely. If you ever have any questions have great- or anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Have a great day. You too, man. Take care. Take care. Bye.